What is going on? It is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we had a chance to hang out with Toby over Zoom video. Toby was born in Nigeria, lived there till he was about eight years old, and him and his father ended up moving to the Toronto area in Canada. And he talks about how he got into music. He comes from a family of music lovers. He's always loved music. He actually brought a journal with him when he moved from Nigeria to, to Canada. And he used that to write a bunch of lyrics down, poems. He would write melodies. So he really started songwriting at a very, very early age. He talked about joining the choir because his brother is a very talented singer as well. And he was running the choir at the time. So when he was think 10 11 he joined the the choir at school we talk about him releasing his first songs never really showing anyone his songs until a best friend of his really encouraged him to release his music we learned about the difficult decision that toby had to make uh either going to medical school he finishes undergraduate he's either going to go to medical school or pursue music he obviously went with the music thing we learn about that first ep fyi and how he was able to get some funding from the Canadian government through some grants. I believe Canada and New Zealand are, are the only two I've, I've heard of that will offer grants for the arts. So Toby got some money and he was able to put some of that towards recording that first EP. We talk about how he got signed to RCA, winning a Juno Award, and we hear all about the process of this new album, which actually began before COVID he put it on pause, ended up putting out Elements Volume 1, and now has the album completely finished, and it's called Panic. He talks all about that as well. You can watch our interview with Toby on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It'd be amazing if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, it would be amazing if you follow us there as well and hook us up with a five-star review. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with Toby. What's up, Toby? Adam, what's going on, man? You good? I'm good. How are you? This guy's handsome. <laughs> this guy's handsome. Come on, man. Uh, I'm cool. I'm, I'm cool. Um, question for you. Would you prefer I go on my phone or my laptop? Uh, whatever's more comfortable for you. I mean, it sounds good here, but if you want to do your laptop, it's, it's up to you. Let's just rock with the phone. Awesome. Sounds good. Well, uh, I appreciate it. Thank you for doing this. Uh, we're going to talk about you and your journey in music. And uh, I believe you announced the album today. Did you not? I did. It's with Flatline, I think. Yeah, yeah. The, the album is called Panic, but but a singles the singles called Flatline that yeah. just came out today. Yes, sir. Awesome. So yeah, we'll get into that uh, as well. Absolutely. Sweet. Um. So I I did read you originally were born where in Nigeria and then moved to Canada. Absolutely, Lagos, okay. Nigeria. What was that like? Do you? I mean, how old were you when you ended up moving to to Canada? Do you remember any of that uh, time? Oh my goodness. I remember so much. Um, I was eight turning nine. Okay. Um, yeah, I remember everything, man. I remember music. I remember flavors of foods. I remember sights, sounds, 
you know, I speak the language Yoruba, which is my uh, ethnic uh, language in addition to English. So, you know, wow. the memories are strong. Yeah. So when you moved to Canada, did you speak English yet or no? Absolutely. So oh, okay. English is the first language in, in Nigeria. Um, but Yoruba was spoken in my home. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Do you still do your parents still speak or do you speak with them? In- Abs- absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, I love it. It's the, the, the Yoruba language is like a song. It's very melodic when you speak it. The accent is very melodic. So, um, yeah, it just sounds soothing to me, you know. Awesome. And how did you get into music? Do you come from an artistic household, musical family at all? Um, I come from a music loving household. So not creators, but, you know, my mom, my dad, they were always listening to music, dancing in the house. You know, my 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 home was always colored with the sounds of music for sure. Okay, And then you ended up moving to when you moved to to Canada, were you already involved in music in any way? Were you like uh, singing or chorus or choir piano lessons or anything like that? No, I wasn't actually. Um, everything was just based off curiosity, my innate curiosity. Um, my mother, when I moved to Canada, I only moved with my dad. It was just me and my dad. So okay. she gave me this book. She gave me this blank notepad, you know, something like this. And, mm-hmm. you know, when I moved to Canada, I just started writing songs in there and stories. And it was just it just became my best friend. You know what I'm saying? And that's how music started. Wow. And then with those with those lyrics that you're writing, were you coming up with little melodies and stuff? Were you trying to make songs or is it just something that you're using to write? Always writing melodies. I've been singing all my life, brother. Yeah. Cool. Did you join the chorus or choir or anything like that when you got to, to Canada? Um, yeah. So the cool thing is when the rest of my family came to Canada and met up with us, um, my brother he was naturally gifted at singing. So he was, he became the choir leader. And then I wanted to join too, because I saw he was getting a lot of girls. So <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like, let me join too. Okay. How old are you when you joined? Um, I was probably about 10, 11 years old. Yeah. Okay. And from that point where you just, you just enjoyed singing or like, when do you start writing songs or showing people your music? Like, how did that begin? To be honest with you, I've been singing every day since I started singing. And, you know, you ask anybody who knew me growing up, I would just be that guy who would just be singing to himself. Like, I didn't need an audience. Okay. Um, And that's what it was. It was an obsession, you know? I I probably did it a little too much, to be honest with you, but... Um, I was obsessed with it and it wasn't hurting anybody. So I just kept doing it. Kept doing it. And then were you, you were like, as far as like your own songs went, were you showing anyone your songs at all? Or was it just something you were always doing, like singing your own stuff? Like people just knew you as like, oh, Toby's the guy that's always doing music, always singing his own songs. Well, I was painfully shy. So nobody even knew that I was trying to pursue this for real. They just knew I was singing a lot. Um, so when I started writing songs, my own, I kept them to myself, very private. Um, and then my best friend, one day he caught me and he said, man, you got to do this. You got to do this. And, and since then, I just became more vocal about it. And 
and I put it out in the world and, you know, took everything that came with it, the praise and the critique. Did he hear you sing? Like, how did he even find out that you were doing this? I think it was one of those like vulnerable moments where it was just like, hey, man, check out this thing that I did. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I don't remember the exact moment, but all I know is he was he was very supportive, man. Very, very supportive. And to this day, that's still one of my best friends. So, you know, that it's always been a special relationship. That's amazing. So when he when you decide, okay, uh, you have the courage now to put a song out. Uh, do you like what was it, where do you go? Do you put it uh, something up on YouTube? Do you put it up on the internet? Uh, how how do you kind of begin your your journey? Um, I don't know if you remember this app called uh, MySpace, but that was the ah. first place. <laughs> yeah, I'm I remember MySpace. Yeah, yeah, I'm dating myself. But yeah, um, MySpace, you know, that's the first place I really put out a song. And, you know, that was short lived because um, Facebook came after and then I just started putting them up on Facebook and then YouTube. Okay, yeah. MySpace was interesting because it would it was breaking bands and and artists like you could get on their list of unsigned bands and lots and lots of people would be able to hear your music. Was that something that happened for you? Like, were you getting a lot of eyes on your, your song at all? Oh no. Absolutely not. Um, <laughs> okay, <it> was, <laughs> I would get, you know what? I would get like a one, two love for me. It was the networking aspect. That was dope about it. I okay. wasn't getting mad people being like, Oh, this guy's, I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a fan, but cause this was the first days and my music at that point wasn't good. It wasn't good at all, mm-hmm. um, but people saw the potential and that's when I started making friends and building my confidence. It was a confidence test, to be honest. Okay. And then you yeah. ended up going to, to college for something completely different than, or, or university, right? For something totally not in the music realm. Is that what I read? Yeah, I went to the, I did my undergrad in biology and I minored in uh, psychology. Yeah. That's interesting. Like, was that something that you were looking to pursue and then music kind of started to work out for you? Like, how did that, you know, how'd you make that shift? Um, to be honest, it sounds easy now, but in the moment it was one of the most difficult things I'd ever done in my life. One of the most difficult decisions I've ever made because as a child of an immigrant, um, family, you know, there was, there was the guilt of not, going into a field that was highly respectable. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, man, my parents made all this sacrifice. Like, how can I not do something that will bring, um, you know, joy and credibility to their efforts? You know what I mean? So I was like, you know what, I'll do the, I'll go to medical school route. And that was my goal. Yeah. And then you ended up going this route at one point, right? I mean, it sounds like that, you were able to make, you had to make that hard decision. And was there like uh, a moment or like a song that you had put out that was doing something that you were confident enough to be like, all right, this is the thing I'm doing this. Um, The moment where that happened is all so serendipitous because I finished my undergrad and I was planning on, you know, doing my master's and then something just called out to me. I read this book called the alchemist by Paulo Coelho and, um, one of the premises in the book was about taking the unconventional path. 
And I credit Paulo Coelho for for writing that book, because if it wasn't for that, I probably wouldn't be sitting in front of you right now. Um, and I just took that leap of faith, to be honest with you. I had no motion. I just took a leap of faith. And um, things just started falling in place like Tetris. <laughs> what was uh, the first piece to fall? Um, the first piece to fall was I secured about $3,000 for uh, application that I put in to fund a project. And oh, I yeah, put I all that, that about Canada. They do like, I, I think New Zealand is the only other place I've ever heard that do you can get the grants, right. That'll help support the arts. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that was that, that $3,000 was, <laughs> that shit went a long way, man. I used it to record the whole project to shoot some videos, you know, to pay my engineer, pay the producer, you know, yeah, that shit went a long way. So, wow. And that was with the FYI project. FYI for your information. Yeah. That's amazing. And wow. So then that starts doing something for you after you were able to just invest the 3000, which is a lot. I mean, seems like a lot probably when you're finished with school and everything else, but to use that to, to, have videos and put an EP out and, and do a whole project. Um, once that's finished and are you, you seeing more fans? Like how did that, like, did that help grow your career? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what happened was, so I was working full time at that point. I left school. I started working full time. So in addition to the 3000, I had enough money to supplement um, with my paycheck and my friend, David, he became my manager and we got on that email blog era grind where we just sent it to everybody known a man and okay. said, listen to this. And people started rocking with it, man. And I think cause it was a different sound, you know, mm -hmm. it was hip hop, but it was soulful and people hadn't really seen something like that before at the time. Um, and I think that's what really got it moving. That's amazing. And then you eventually got on RCA or signed with RCA on with still. Yes, sir. That's yeah. huge. I mean, what was that moment like? Yeah, that was a, that was another serendipitous moment because um, there was a, there's a um, Jonathan master. He signed me and he was starting his own imprint. And the difference between him and the other execs that I had seen was he was so down to earth and grounded. Mm-hmm. And he really cared about the music. It wasn't about how much streams or followers you have. It's about the music. Dude, I had, I had 3,000 Instagram followers. You know what I'm saying? I had like 1,000 Twitter followers. I had like 1,000 YouTube subscribers. Like it was, there was no motion. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, he saw that and he said, I'm going to take a chance on you and let's get it rocking because I love you your your sound and you know the energy that i want to put out into the world and that was that was basically it wow and then was he right or you know what i mean like then you end up getting a juno award and, and all these other things that ended up coming along with that and what a what a cool like moment to have somebody really validate what you're doing and and weren't looking at like followers and subscribers and all of that thing all those things Absolutely. There are certain people in this life that, man, I will never 
ever, ever take for granted. Never take them for granted. And I remember everything, man. I remember everything. So, you know, those kind of things, even talking about it right now, which I'm getting chills just talking about it because it's real. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You don't hear those stories very often where it's somebody at that level will take a chance like that. Mm -hmm. It's incredible. Um, and with, with Elements Volume 1, you put that out, I think, in 2020, correct? Like, yeah. so, so were you working on that record up until the pandemic? Like, where, where did that fall in line with, with when you released that, the, the album? So, man, I got to be honest. Elements Volume 1 was not supposed to be a thing. Um, oh, really? <laughs> no, it was not. It was not. I was working on this album, Panic, that I just announced today. Yeah, we'll talk about it 100% in a minute here. <laughs> I'm just trying For to get sure. chronologically up to it. <laughs> For sure. And I was working on it. And then the whole pandemic thing happened. And it sidelined my whole business. And well, it sidelined so many people's business, right? Yeah. Everybody's business. And um, I took a break from making the album. And... Um, but I'd been recording so many songs. I had hundreds of songs and I was like, what am I going to do with all these songs in the meantime? So we took our favorite 10 and got a diverse palette and we put it together and we called it elements. You know, that's also a nod to chemistry class, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, so we wanted to put it all together and, you know, put out something that I was proud of, but it's not the album you feel. Okay. Yeah. So it was yeah. something that you had, there were songs you already had completed and you were like, Oh, let's just, you know, I'm going to pause on the album and we'll put out these songs and just kind of see what happens before we can get back in and work on the, the, the album. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm proud of all of those songs. I'm proud of elements volume one. Oh my goodness. For sure. Um, the way we were able to put it out in the middle of a, the, the, the pandemic shooting videos we shot videos during <laughs> where we're on live. <laughs> we shot videos man i shot a video in nigeria and canada simultaneously oh my for gosh one for one of the songs yeah it was called dollars and cents it's, it was a it was an interesting um production because nobody was outside we yeah. were like the only people outside <laughs> Oh my gosh. And the trap uh, you, so you traveled to Nigeria during that time period and back to camp. Oh no, no, no. I had a crew in Nigeria shoot half of the video there and we shot half of it in Canada. And then we edited it together in Canada. Oh, oh wow. That's amazing. Yeah. So half of the shots are in Lagos and half of it are in, in um, Toronto. Wow. I was going to say, I know that Canada had some pretty, strict restrictions on traveling you would have had to like quarantine in some hotel or something i was hearing some wild stories oh, yeah and then you had to pay like two thousand dollars it was a lot going on man oh man well that's, that's amazing that you're able to get that done that's so so you did you have people that you knew there that you were working with like how like to reach out to like friends and stuff that you had growing up yeah i mean i have a lot of family down there still so you know having a good um, solid network down there was definitely helpful because yeah yeah i found a director in like like a couple hours and then we kept it moving <laughs> oh wow and then you got a juno award you win a juno award i mean what's 
to to be not only nominated for that that's such a massive accomplishment uh do you remember even do you remember getting the call or getting the email or however they contact you saying that you're even up for one um yeah i remember when i was nominated i was like what bro i was so shocked man i i was so shocked because you know in canada growing up you know seeing these bodies recognize some of the most talented artists in in the country it's not that you don't see yourself there one day it's just you don't know when that time will be do you know what i'm saying like mm-hmm. i ain't anticipated i ain't know it was going to be now but you know i've always kind of had this interesting relationship with um accolades and recognition because i don't do it for that i've yeah. never done it for that so when it happens i'm just like <laughs> obviously grateful (laughs) sure but that's not what it's all about (laughs) yeah it's like that's not what i came here for but like this is amazing you know i didn't i didn't think it was gonna happen and then here we are so you know um yeah that's that was basically it yeah Yeah. that must have been pretty special though for your your parents i mean everyone uh especially since you had to make that tough decision like do i go to medical school or do the music thing and then you know, the Juno Awards is like such a, it's the biggest music award show in Canada. It's second to probably the Grammys and to, yeah. um, to see their son, like win, not only winning, but being nominated, like talk about like a, you know, you made the right decision, I guess. Absolutely, man. And that, and to, that was the most, um, that's when the tears came down. That's when the waterworks came down is when I looked at my parents, man, because you know, my parents, man, the things that I've seen them do, bro, like, man, it's heavy. It's heavy. The things that I've seen them sacrifice, man, like, that's what it is, man. Yeah. Yep. Well, yep. Yeah, I'm sure that was quite quite a, a special moment to to be able to show, you know, show them, see, we, we made the right decision here. Like and then to win it all, that's amazing. Um, well, ta- uh, speaking on the the album, it, Panic is coming out in October. Um, mm-hmm. Just announced it today, which is awesome. I don't want to talk about the single that came out, but so you were working on this album in what 2019 up into 2020, and then the pandemic happens, and then it's like, like how far along were you? Were you just kind of starting it out? Like, tell me about the the album, kind of the process. Yeah, I'd say. I'd say by the time the pandemic rolled around, I was like a quarter of the way through. Okay. You know, and, um, you know, I had the decision to make, do I want to keep doing this thing remotely? Cause I was working with a producer in LA and I was in Toronto, but I couldn't travel. So, oh, we were yeah, doing back it and on forth. Zoom, you know, FaceTime and it, it wasn't clicking, bro. I gotta be honest with you. Something, <laughs> It wasn't clicking. So we're like, you know, let's take a break on this. And I think we made the right decision because, I mean, truth be told, as soon as the travel restriction was lifted, I got my ass back here to L.A. Um, I moved here, actually. Oh, okay. You're in L.A. now. I am. Yeah. Awesome. So I moved here as soon as I was able to do so. And um, and we just got to work. 
Yeah. So we took like, I want to say we took almost a year off from working on it. It was a, yeah, it was an wow. interesting process, man. When you went back to work on it and listen to the, were you, did you have access to listen to the, what you had done um, in that, in the meantime? Or like, was it Absolutely. you go back and listen or you're like, oh, we should redo this or oh, I have a great idea for that. Like, did it, did it change what you had already started? Um, no, it didn't because I had all the files. You know what I mean? Mm. I had all the files. I just didn't want to cross contaminate. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I didn't want like the intention of this album. I didn't want it to spill over into something else. And I didn't want something else to spill over into the creation of this because it's a very, it's a very singular focused project. So, you know, I had to compartmentalize a bit and be like, yo, I'm back here. This is my producer, um, Alex Goose. I said, you know, I'm back here. We're locking in and we're going to work on this and be focused on it. And that's what happened. You said that the, the album's very, like, it's really, what, straightforward? Like, tell me about the concept behind the album. Yeah, so I call the album Panic. Mm-hmm. And um, I've had this title in my head for, like, six years. Oh, wow. Yeah, I've had this title in my head for six years for a couple of reasons. One, you know, when I look at the, when I look at the, the word panic, right, panic to me, means like a sense of urgency, right? It means like fear, but in like an acute state, you know what I mean? Like where you you can't sweep it under the rug, right? And, you know, as somebody who has lived um, with anxiety before in the past, I know what that feels like to have fear underlying, but not acute. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. I struggle with anxiety as well. I didn't even know what it was until... I had to go to a doctor. They're like, it sounds like, like I'm going to die like, out of nowhere. <laughs> they're like, oh, no, that's called anxiety. Like, oh, okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, you, so you see where I'm coming from. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I wanted to create something that denotes a sense of urgency, that denotes a sense of urgency in the world because I'm a millennial. I'm a late millennial You know, I see these Gen Z kids and, you know, they're coming into a world that they've inherited from previous generations. You know what I'm saying? Like we all did. We all came into a world we inherited. We didn't ask to be here. We didn't choose to be here. We just came. We just showed up. And it's like, how do we try to make it easier for the following generations by bringing attention to things. That's my opinion. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's what I do. That's what I do on the album. That's what I do on the album. Um, you know, I bring attention to things and in a way that feels real to me, mm-hmm. in a way that feels very real to me. And, um, you know, I, I don't want people to live in fear cause it's not about fear. It's not about fear. It's about love. You know what I'm saying? It's really that's really what it's that's really what the album is about. Love and hope. Um, but I can't sugarcoat. I can't sugarcoat. You know, so that's basically it. 
I love that. I, it's interesting to hear you talk about like panic being like a sense of urgency. I feel like uh, I, I, I struggle with that all the time for like no apparent reason. My, my wife will be like, what, what's the rush? I'm like, uh, uh, I don't know. Like, it's like, you have to like really stop and be like, yeah, there really isn't a rush for, for whatever it may be. I mean, I don't know the depth of the album, but I, I would Maybe. imagine it's obviously deeper than what I'm saying, but it's just like interesting to hear like how, how, how you describe panic instead of like panic is like, uh, you know, it's like, no, it's an acute, you know, sense of fear. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And you know what? Also, like, it's wild. When the pandemic happened, right? Mm -hmm. the f like in the early days, I'm talking the first month. <laughs> the two weeks it was going to take. The, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and remember how people were acting? Oh, yeah. Remember the a piece story? of toilet paper and like was uh, gone crazy. because what happened was the situation caused us to revert to our primal instincts, our primal states of fear. Right. Oh yeah. Normal people. We normally normal and chill, but the environment made us revert to those states. So this is a cautionary tale. I don't want us to be in a position where we have to revert to those primal states. I really don't because it's not good for anybody. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that's that's where my head is at, man. It's like, you know, we like you said, bro, like. We just got to take a deep breath and chill sometimes and realize, yo, we actually got this like <laughs> we actually got what we need. Yeah, well, we got it. <laughs> it's interesting that it was toilet paper like there wasn't any other object that could supplement it but um well i got uh just i want to just hear real quick about uh flatline that's the, the the first single from the project right and why just why did you decide on going with that one as the first um, song Yo, actually, that's not the first uh, single from the project. It's just the one that we put out today. Oh, it's it's just the one that you announced with the album today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm getting sorry. It's all good. It's all good. Um, yeah, I mean, the first single was called Flowers, actually. Okay. Yeah, I, I've heard that song. I didn't know if that the the announcement brought um, <laughs> the fact that, oh, here's a new one. This is going to be on. This is the album. That was my, my mess up. Oh, no, it's all good. It's, it's all good, bro. But yeah, tell um, me about Flatline. Yeah, so Flatline, um, I wrote that when I was in Toronto. And the premise kind of behind it was I was feeling like I was in a like powerless state. You know, cooped up indoors. No sense of direction in my life. You know, there's mad protests going on in the world right now. Confused. And, you know, I was like, how do I express myself in a, in a real, meaningful, tangible way? And Alex had sent me this beat and I was like, bro. This just renewed something in me. You know what I'm saying? Like it literally renewed something in me. And then um, and then that's where the concept of flatline came from because 
it's supposed to be braggadocious. You know what I mean? It's supposed to be like confident. That's supposed to be like when I wake up and go to the gym or go for a run or before I do a show, that's the feeling that I want. You know, I bodied that. It's a flat line. Like I, I bodied it. I killed it. You know, check the polygraph. It's a flat line. You know, the polygraph. I'm speaking facts. <laughs> so that's that's the whole premise behind it, you know. So, you know, and I just want to I just want to transfer that power onto people. It's a transfer. It's a transfer of energy. Love it. I love it. Yeah. What screwed me up is Spotify. It clumped your songs and said it was an EP. I'm like, wait a minute. Um, so anyway, <laughs> uh, be doing that. Be doing that. No worries, bro. No worries. Yeah, I was yeah. like, wait, a minute. I was like, am I losing my mind? I swear, <laughs> I saw something. Bro, there's no rules anymore. Everything <laughs> just happened. Uh, well, you're awesome, Toby. I appreciate your time today. Um, I can't wait to hear hear the album. I mean, coming out in October. And I have one more quick question for you before I let you go. Yeah, it's been a, a blast chatting with you. I want to know if you have any advice for aspiring artists. Advice for aspiring artists. Oh, yeah, I do. Um, I'm going to take it to a verse that I heard when I was a kid and it's stuck with me ever since. And the verse goes, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And that just means follow your intuition, follow your gut, trust yourself before you take on other people's opinions. <laughs> <laughs>